Welcome to Split, the After Ever After podcast. We're here along with other experts and real people with real stories to help you navigate life after separation. Whether you're newly separated or divorced and co-parenting, listen now for tips and advice on how to build a foundation for a more peaceful future. Hey guys, welcome back to Split. Before we get into today's episode, both Jennifer and I wanted to take a moment to express our sincerest gratitude to you guys, our listeners. Thank you so much for subscribing, sharing a review, or even taking time out of your busy lives to send us a DM and say, hey, I heard your podcast, I love it, or... um, you know, I tried what you said and it worked. Thank you so much. That means the world to us. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening. Secondly, we want to let you know that we have had a large number of comments, DMs, and feedback from people who have expressed that they are in extremely high conflict situations. So this year we want to take uh, a lot of time speaking with experts who deal with these type of scenarios, Um, you know, cases where the biggest issue is not that, you know, your ex is just, you know, showing up late now and again at pick up and drop off. Um, Some really heavy topics, maybe you're dealing with someone who has a serious personality disorder, um, or who just always wants to fight with you. These are really big challenges. Co-parenting is hard in general. Parenting is hard in general. But when you're dealing with um, some of these more serious cases, it can be so overwhelming, upsetting, and exhausting. So if you are nodding along saying, yes, that is me, we see you, we hear you, and we just want to acknowledge that you are doing a remarkable job and we are here to support you in your journey. We will continue to talk about, you know, co-parenting in general. However, we are going to be taking some time to look at and explore, explain and discuss alternative options for divorcing or separating couples where Co-parenting just may not be the healthiest or the best option. So things like parallel parenting and uh, how to manage in relationships where low to no contact is truly what is best and what is going to bring uh, everyone involved peace. So thank you again for listening. We hope you continue to enjoy the podcast. We encourage any questions, feedback, comments uh, by either DM on Instagram, or you can always scroll through the show notes for each episode and click to send a voice message to us. And then for today's episode, like I said, we have an incredible guest on. She is a communication strategist and, you know, effective communication is not something new uh, that we'll be discussing on the podcast. But like I said, to tie into this year's theme and what we want to talk more about this year um, will be how to use effective communication in very high conflict situations. So for example, we're going to be one of the questions we're going to be answering today is, 
you know, how do we communicate and speak with someone who just truly does not respect us? So listen in. Thank you again, guys. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Split. Our guest today is a communication strategist and the founder of the Aquila Sai Communication Academy, an online institute that teaches a solution-centered approach to effective communication. She's here today to take us from misunderstood to misunderstood. <laughs> Welcome to Split Aquila. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, well, just a little bit of backstory for our listeners. Uh, we met over Instagram. Uh, which seems to be the way to meet people uh, these days, as the majority of us are in lockdown. Um, and I have to admit, I mean, before my separation, um, I really, I, I thought I had good communication skills, and I quickly found out during our separation, I was seriously lacking. So when I, you know, anytime I come across um, someone like you who is a real expert in this area, I hit follow um, right away because any tip or tool that I can uh, learn is just really helpful. I mean, not just for co-parenting, but really like for all of our personal and professional relationships. Yeah, I, I hear you and I completely agree with everything that you said there, um, you know, I, we we talk a lot about communication, uh, pretty much in, in a snippet of something communication related in every podcast episode. Because I know in in Jennifer's practice as a mediator, mm -hmm. um, she one of her main focuses is to try to uh, try to give parents some communication skills to help set them up. Um, for proper, you know, like for a foundation for peaceful co-parenting, yeah. because um, it's especially hard to have conflict-free communication when you're coming out of a relationship that may have been years of fighting and bad habits. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited to hear some of your tips today. I signed up. I I subscribed. I did receive your ebook, The Art of Storytelling, which is great. I highly recommend. I'm going to put a link to uh, in the show notes for all of our listeners okay. uh, because it had some really valuable information in there. And one of the main things that you talk about is this CASA method. So yeah. can we talk about that? Can you explain, break down what it is? And you're, you're right what you said. You do have a really great way of describing, um, you know, some heavy topics in a way that's really easy to di digest and understand. Thank you. Thank you for that. So the CASA method, um, I kind of fell into that too, right? But I thought about when you're communicating, what is your purpose? Why are you even talking? And the point of every conversation, even if it's something like really light, like passing a cashier in the, in the grocery store or something like that, you want to make things pleasant between you, and then you want your words to find a home with them, right? I don't want to say something that goes over your head. I don't want to say something that goes in one ear and out the other. I want to say something to you in a way that it sits with you and it finds a little space with you. And either you know something more about me, or you're going to do more things for me or with me, or you're going to understand better who I am so we can relate better to one another. 
So I was thinking about how to put something that big, you know, into a kind of like a bite-sized piece so that people could kind of understand it. And so I came up with the casa method. And so casa is the Spanish word for home. And it's just um, to break down, it breaks down to an acronym where the C is for clear or clarity, right? You always want to make sure that you're clear about what you're saying. Because if you don't know what you're saying, I'm not going to know what you're saying, right? You want to know why you're saying it, right? So you want to be clear on your what and your why. You next want to be accurate. you got to tell the truth. So that means that you can't have your own fantasies even about yourself in your mind before you start talking to me. And we have to be able to agree on something. Well, the one thing we can all agree on is what is true. So you definitely want to be accurate. S is for your spirit. That's your emotional state. How are you feeling about this conversation? How do you feel about this subject in general? Is this something you think is taboo? Do you think that this is something private? Do you feel embarrassed about this? How do you feel about your listener, right? You're going to talk to somebody. Are you excited to talk to me? Do you feel frustrated? Like, oh my gosh, I have to have this talk with this person and I'm dreading it. What's your spirit? And then the last A is accessibility. And that's just about making your words accessible, putting them within reach, making them available for somebody. And that sounds like, um, being flexible, right? I might have to explain myself more than one kind of a way. I may have to use an example. I may have to use an analogy. And then also for all the people who like to use really fancy words that's like only 1% of the population knows about, that's not the time for that, okay? We want to make sure that people understand us. So we want to use common words, familiar words. And if you're going to use a word that someone doesn't understand, take a moment and define it for them so that you guys both make sure you have the same understanding. So that's the CASA method. I love all of that. And I think, um, you know, having any kind of framework is a step in the right direction because, um, you know, especially when it comes to co-parenting and dealing uh, with your former spouse during divorce, when emotions run really high, if you don't take time to, to even just, you know, let something sit and marinate for a little bit and collect your thoughts and get a plan together, more often than not, you're going to regret whatever comes out of your mouth, right? Yeah, and especially when you're dealing with somebody that you guys are already kind of, you know, on shaky ground, right? Because you whatever happened, you decided we don't want this to keep going. Even if it's one person or, you know, both parties decide to separate, You guys aren't really in the best space. So you got to kind of set yourself up for success by being clear on some basic things um, in communication and being really willing. That's one part that I know that even though you decided like, okay, this is where this relationship ends. I can't let my willingness end here because if we're going to co-parent, then I'm going to have to have some understanding with you. Now, if there's no more children or, you know, there's nothing between us. Okay, fine. I don't, you know, I don't like you and that's fine. But if we do have to continue dealing with one another, there's some of that willingness that I have to hold on to, even when it's difficult. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, your intention, what even if you don't speak it, the other party, they can sense it. They can pick yeah. up on your vibe like, like that, you know. Sometimes that's easier to understand and pick up on than the words that you're using. So, like the way you're carrying yourself, if you're rolling your eyes or sighing or any of those like kind of nonverbal cues that can derail things as well. Yeah. And I'm glad you highlighted that because I found in my study of communication that actually 93% of communication is nonverbal. 
And so that really changed my approach to helping people improve their, I, I know, right? It, it really changed my approach in helping people improve their communication because, you know, I can give you all the words in the world and we can sit and define them and read the dictionary, but that's not really going to fix your communication. We have to think about the thoughts that you're having that's causing you to choose those words. Like you said, things like tone, simple things like tone, body language. If I'm sitting here, you know, with my arms folded, and my eyebrows are all scrunched up, well, I could be saying that you're the most beautiful person in the world, but if I'm doing that like that, mm, that's not yeah. really a message that you're willing to receive. So, absolutely. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, what you've got in the CASA here, I think it also, and, and what you just said, highlights too that we need to, when we're talking about how we feel, um, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I feel really mad or I'm so pissed off about this, but that's not really enough. That That's mm. kind of like your surface emotion. I think sometimes it can help, you know, when you're trying to communicate how you feel to just dig a little bit deeper. Okay, you're mad, but mm. like, what is it really? Are, are you mad because you feel disappointed because you're fearful or you're sad or you or full of the future. Do you know what I mean? Like typically yeah. you got to dig a little bit deeper past those surface emotions. I think one of my favorite, well, my two favorite questions is are what and why? So what do you feel like really like, what do you feel? And then why do you feel like mm -hmm. that? And I don't want to yeah. answer like, okay, well, you know, he didn't take out the trash or he didn't bring the children back on time. And so now I'm upset. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what is the deeper issue there? I feel like my time isn't valued because you didn't bring the children back yeah. on time. Okay. Now we're onto something. Right. But it can't be just surface level answers where it's like, okay, yes. I'm upset with him. I hate his guts. He's the word. Okay. Yeah. We know that already, but you have to be able to explore and uncover yeah. what really makes you tick and you can communicate that. And fascinatingly enough, that's something that has uh, empowered me in my divorce. Like I said, I'm dealing with somebody where I have to, you know, let my children go with this person that I think is careless, that has betrayed my trust, all of that. And I still sometimes need him to be in agreement with me over things. So I have to tell him, listen, when you said this or when you did this, I didn't feel like I was valued. And I understand I'm not your wife anymore, but I'm still the mother of your child, your children. So I want you to show the way that you value them. Yeah. I want some of that to carry over to the way you value me because that'll help us keep the peace between us. And it works. It, it legitimately works. I love that. I love how you phrase that. And I think that's just a perfect example of how digging a little bit deeper can help you come up with, you know, those I statements versus yeah. just, you know, the blame game of you did this, you did that. It's more, I'm feeling this way. Can we work on resolving that? Yeah. So, yeah. It helps you also because if you're dealing with somebody who's not really interested in being in agreement with you, right? Somebody who's just, they intentionally are misunderstanding you. You have to kind of resolve some things on your own. And that can only start when you realize like, okay, well, what is my real issue here? And that was another thing that I had to come to is, listen, this guy broke something that is not in his capacity to fix. So how long am I going to be upset with him? Because if, if he asks me tomorrow, what is the thing that he could do to make me happy again and make everything okay? He, there's nothing that I can tell him that he can do because he broke it too bad. 
So now I have to begin to heal for myself and I have to know where my issue is and I have to begin to take accountability for what I feel. Because even though he's the catalyst or he may be the trigger for that, this is still my experience. This is still something very personal for me. So I just wanted to throw that in. And you know what? I'm really glad that you did because um, rolling into 2021, you know, our first few episodes, Jennifer and I did like just some of the basic co-parenting stuff and talked about mediation and coaching. Um, But, you know, both her and I have been through some pretty, you know, heavy shit in our experiences. And um, I share some of that in my content on social media. And as a result, I get a lot of DMs about people saying, you know, I'm in a similar situation. It's not, you know, our fights are more than just, you know, he was late last week dropping off the kids. Like that would be that would be like a dream situation for me. I'm dealing with someone that is, it's really difficult. You know, they're, it, it, they're some, sometimes have like a personality disorder, mm. things like that. So you saying that when you're, when you're dealing with someone who is really difficult, um, I think you just brought a lot of value to our listeners in saying that it, it part of moving past that is the acceptance piece of, okay, I cannot change this person. Yeah. Um, but I can work on me. And I, I think a lot of people um, either never come to this realization or it takes them a very long time to realize that it, it only takes one person to, um, you know, drastically improve communication yeah. or to just walk away and end conflict altogether. Absolutely. And, and you get to make that choice for yourself because every conversation should not be had. Every conversation that someone approaches you with, you should not engage. And just because somebody has access to you, they have your phone number, your email address, your Instagram, whatever, that doesn't mean that you're going to have talks with them. You know, there have been several times I can think of in my own life where it's like, okay, yeah, I know you want to talk about this, but this is not going to be productive. Uh, Your motivation for having this conversation with me is not clean, it's not pure, it's not helpful. And so I'm going to disengage. And I'd much rather deal with the piece of, you know, you blowing up my phone and I blocked you than your words coming into my ear. And then I have to kind of think and put up blocks and, and tell myself, like, no, what this person said about me is not true. So um, that that's definitely that's definitely important. Oh, I love you so much. <laughs> Everything you just said there. Um I could not agree more with. And actually, um, I wrote down one of your posts, um, which is very is on that topic. You said, you know, there's a um, where is it here? Uh, silence communicates volumes, which I really like. Um, and I just want to talk because you're bringing up boundaries. Uh, Jennifer and I talk a lot about the importance of setting and maintaining boundaries. However. There's a big difference between setting and maintaining a boundary and just flat out giving someone the silent treatment. So can you just expand on that a little bit more and what your thoughts are? Um, For that one, I would say the difference between just, you know, giving somebody the silent treatment and actually setting and maintaining a, a boundary is awareness. So I talk about how there are three main goals in communication. Awareness, which is I'm going to share some information with you, right? I don't need you to agree with it. I don't need you to necessarily understand it. I'm going to share some information with you, okay? Then there's agreement. Okay, I want you to do this thing with me or I want you to do this thing for me. 
And then the last goal is understanding. I want you to understand or I want you to see what motivates me. I want you to see this thing from my perspective. So when we're talking about communicating with difficult people who are intent on misunderstanding us or we need to set a hard boundary and maintain that hard boundary, a lot of our communication goal with that person is just going to be awareness. Listen, this is a conversation that I'm not interested in having at this time. I don't believe it's productive and I don't think it's going to help us to move forward. So I'm going to choose not to have this conversation with you. Period. Full stop. Boundary alert. Conversation is over. You know, they, and you want them to acknowledge that they heard you, right? Because you want some feedback because you got to know like, okay, did my message get across? Well, you need a feedback target. That sounds like, yeah, uh-huh, a grunt. Uh, a K in a message, you know, something that lets me know you heard me. And that's literally all I something. need. I'm not going to, you know, I don't need you to parrot back to me that you understood what I said. I don't need you to agree that this is the path and the course that we're going to take. I already know we don't agree. So I just want you to be aware that, listen, this is why I'm not having this conversation. It's not going to be productive. We've had this conversation five times already and it started like, I'm not doing this again. So it's just, letting the person know, raising their awareness. They know why they're not having the conversation, and that's it. Disengage. Pull back. Abort mission. We're done here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's really helpful um, for sure. And there's some... Um... There's another one here that I want to kind of tie into we got, because we got a few questions uh, okay. for you to answer from our listeners and our viewers. Um, and I'm going to save some for the end, but this one I'm going to pull up now okay. um, because I think it's related to one of your posts. Your post said there's a difference between addressing something and confronting someone. Could not agree more. Um, and I think we can link that to one of the questions we had was, um, she said, his new wife is harassing me, literally threatening to report me to the state for things I haven't done. So this is very obviously something that's, you know, pretty touchy, mm -hmm. pretty serious. And I think it would be very easy to, you know, get into confrontation mode in answering and okay. in, in dealing with this. So can you just talk about that difference between addressing versus uh, confrontation and maybe give some tips of how like that could be used to address this issue um, this woman is having? Yes, yes. So um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is you want to start with awareness, right? Because we talked about those three communication goals, awareness, agreement, or understanding. Um, the easiest goal is awareness. The hardest goal is understanding and agreement is kind of in the middle there. So I would start with awareness. Listen, uh, I'm not really sure you understand the gravity of what it is that you're trying to do. You know what I'm saying? But I do want you to know that this is a big deal. This is not the right thing to do. If there's something that I'm doing that you feel is incorrect, or I'm neglectful or something. That's something that you first give me the opportunity to address. That's a conversation that we have first before you bring in a third party that's going to escalate the situation. Okay? And then as far as the husband, he should be a part of that. Because even though he is, you know, he's moved on, he has a new wife, whatever, that's fine. We're not mad at your, your new situation. However, you still have to set some boundaries with her regarding me. 
So he needs to be told, listen, you know, and like I said, it's not confrontation because we're not trying to play, you know, who's the biggest, who's the baddest. No, but I do want to bring this to your attention. This is what she's doing. This is the potential harm that this is causing. Do you have a legitimate issue with something that I'm doing? If so, can we discuss it and find out what's the best way for me to move forward? If it's not a legitimate issue, then and this is kind of like, you know, a spiritual thing, but you're going to bring something on yourself that has nothing to do with me because that's just how justice works. That's how karma works, whatever you choose to call it. You know, so I would first be willing to have that conversation. I know things maybe have been difficult up until that point, but one of the key things about good open communication is optimism. You have to be optimistic that, listen, I'm coming with a different spirit. I'm coming with a different intention. I'm coming with better tools. So I, I'm going to be open that this conversation can be different. So be willing to try and be willing to, you know, sit down and have that conversation. I think that is wonderful advice. And, you know, when I, when I read that, kind of the first thing I started to get a little bit curious about is, what is your, like you said, what is the relationship between you and the former spouse and this guy? Um, my, my immediate guess would be, you know, the relationship is not very good um, because, you know, things were very rocky with my ex and I at one point, but we're in a pretty good place now, good enough that I know if there was an issue with my parenting, you know, him and I would have had a discussion about it long before his new girlfriend would be texting me, threatening to report me to the right. state. So um, I think, like you said, there there's a lot of work to be done there. And, and maybe, you know, unfortunately, sometimes you can't just wait for the other side to start first. Sometimes you just got to, exactly. you know, follow your pride and, and, and go in with kindness, right? And a new attitude. Yeah, and get in there and listen, don't be don't be shy, don't be afraid and play on what's true and what would pull on someone's heartstrings. Not in a way that's manipulative, but that brings out their humanity. Listen, we both want what's best for the children. So if I'm doing something that's not best for them, that's something that I'm willing to change. When you come to the table and you're showing a willingness and an effort, people kind of take a little pause and they're like, hold up, what is this? This is somebody that hates my guts. This is somebody that doesn't like me, but they're being kind. It, it, it yeah. puzzles them. So, but you have to be like that. You have to pull on what's true and what will pull out the humanity in somebody and what will make them pause. Listen, we both want what's best for the children. She's saying she's going to escalate this into some huge, long drawn out thing when it may be something simple that I can do. To fix it. And of course, we're not blaming her or we're not saying that she needs to fix it. But just that type of approach, it, it kind of jars somebody and it makes them think for just long enough that you can kind of get their defenses down and you can talk about the real issue. Exactly. I love that. And you're you're coming at it not with a statement so much as a question. Right. And when you do that, it really helps. Like you said, it makes them pause for a second because they're ready this right. up ready to throw down um, because that's what they're used to, right? But when you come at them with a the question of, hey, like, obviously you're upset. How can I make this better? How can we get more? How can we get on the same page? How can we become aligned about this? Um, you know, they you can't get mad, really. It's hard to get mad when someone's coming at you and saying, how can I make this better? Exactly. And that's what allows for discussion. See, a lot of times when we communicate, it's a statement to a statement. Well, 
I, I mean, what, how can I truly respond? If you tell me the sky is blue, how many responses can I give you? As opposed to if you tell me, hey, is the sky blue? Okay, now we got some discussion there. Now we can have some dialogue. We can have some back and forth. So a lot of what I teach in communication is ask questions. Like pretend you're stupid. And I don't mean that in an offensive way. But when you're dealing with yes. somebody that is upset with you, you got to act like you're dumb a little bit because you want to ask questions and open the room for a dialogue so that you guys can talk about it and work it out. Do not come with a whole bunch of statements because you're going to get a whole lot of one word response. Okay. Yeah. No. Or then people bring their defenses up. Well, I disagree with that. Well, you can't really disagree with a question. You got to give me an answer and then we can talk about it. And the thing is like, we don't know. A lot of the time, right? Like we, we really don't know. We think we know. We think right. we know all about that person. You know, we've lived with them for many years. We raised kids with them. And to some extent, you know, we know them, but you know, we don't know with absolute certainty where they're coming from on whatever new issue it is. And uh, yeah, I think just having that curious mind acting dumb just you know that is the way to go one of your other um posts I, i've got this last one here that i really liked as well um you put communication is not about persuasion it's about understanding and i think that's it right there and to understand you have to ask questions and you have to listen like so many people myself included first started to figure out how how i could communicate better all i was focusing on was how you know, what do I need to say? And that is important, but it's also listening. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also, um, not just what do I need to say, but what is my reason for talking? Why, you know, so many times, especially when it comes to relationships that didn't work, you want to be validated with, you know, you want the I'm right trophy. I'm right. I, you know, I did my best and it's not, it didn't fall apart because of me or, you know, we're not, not getting along because of me. And it's like, if you could just put your trophy down for a minute, the truth will come out. The truth stands. The truth is valid. Okay. Even if the truth is a little bit different from your experience, your experience is valid, right? Because that's how you saw it. That's how you experienced it. You don't need anybody else to validate your emotions or your experience. If this person was trash to you, then they're trash to you. Does that mean they're trash to everybody? No, but to you they are and that's okay. But your goal, right, is for you all to relate better. So it can't just be about, okay, I need this person to see I'm right. No, because it's not about personalities. It's really about principles, right? So it doesn't matter who's holding the principle or uh, the personality that's holding the principle. It's about the principle. So once we get our person out of the way and we focus on the principle and try to get people to agree with principles, that's where you can use an example. That's where you can use an analogy. You can change the characters up and help somebody to see it from your point of view without the personality getting in the way, right? Because if I don't like you and I've determined that you're a bad guy, well, anything that you come with, I'm going to reject instantly because you're the bad guy. But if I could take myself out of it for a moment, put some other players in, but still highlight that principle, right? The thing that I'm saying that's true no matter what, then I can always get you to agree with that unless, you know, you're slightly delusional or you have some other issues. But, you know, that's a different type of, we, we're going to do something else for that. That's when that awareness kicks back in and it's like, listen, I just need you to know that you're doing this thing and I'm disengaging. Yeah, we will have, uh, maybe we'll have a whole other 
podcast episode dedicated to those situations. But I think even what you just said about the, you know, just the awareness piece. Um, and, and also there's something really important, you know, when you're trying to regain confidence uh, in a divorce and through your separation and there's all this overwhelm and you just feel totally off balance. There's something yeah. really empowering about, um, you know, being able to articulate your you know where you're coming from mm -hmm. even if you know they're not going to agree with you just the ability to calmly um and with clarity say and know what you want and what your needs are um that's a really special thing and it's really not something that I don't think I was ever very good at until I was put in this you know until we were in this situation of separation absolutely and I think that um, it's a journey. And the reason I say that is because before I can have any conversation with you about that or talk to you about my experience, I have to first be okay with what happened. And that's the, to me, that's the key part. And that's the part that takes the most amount of time is because regardless of your validating my experience, I still have to be okay with it. And I have to know that it's the truth. Because a lot of times when we're dealing with people that we've separated from, you know, everybody has their own account and we're we're constantly trying to dismiss the other person. Well, no, it didn't happen like that. See, you don't understand. I came home first and then you came home and it's it gets messy. But it has to be where I'm secure in my perspective. I'm secure in my account and my experience. And I'm communicating that with you, not for you to agree with me, not even for you necessarily to understand me, but to make you aware. Because the way that we teach people how to treat us is through communication. The silent treatment does not work to get hopes and hints and clues. And if I wink twice when he comes in, he'll know. Like nobody is, nobody is going to get it. You have to talk. Okay. <laughs> so if you want to be treated better, you're going to have to open up and make people aware. And the reason why I say aware and stop is because... It takes time sometimes for somebody to move from awareness to agreement. There may be a little bit of space there, okay? So I may have heard what you said, but I may not agree with it. But once I've told you and I've made you aware, you can sit with it. I'm not going to force the issue. I'm not going to make you agree in this moment, but you know it. And it's on your mind and you'll think about it. And then you may be able to come back later at a different time and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to agree to do this thing for her. I'm going to agree to do this, treat the children this way when I have them. Or I understand better why she did the things she did. But you don't want to push the issue. You want to give people the right to be self-determined, right? Because all human beings want autonomy. They all want to be in control of themselves. So don't push the issue. Just make them aware and then fall back. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And, I mean, you make that <laughs> you make that sound so so simple and smooth and I know it and I know it is but I'm glad that you're saying like this takes time yes let it sit and it's let ugly it sit. in the beginning wait it and it may take a few conversations yeah it may take a few conversations it's going to be yeah. ugly and nasty and gross in the beginning but in truth everything is nothing really starts out pretty things start out rough and over time they get refined and they get polished so communication is the same way and the problems that you had when you were someone's partner and everything was everything was going good, 
you still have those problems, plus now you guys don't like each other, or plus now you guys don't get along. So you have to be willing to go through some type of a process to get from the ugly place that you guys are at to something that's more refined and smoother and polished where you can kind of have some type of, even if it's just peaceful distance, right? He stays in his corner, I stay in my corner, and we're just happy staying in our corners. That's fine, but you do have to give it some time. And like I said, especially when you have children or you guys still have to communicate, you, I mean, you're not going to be able to silent treatment your way out of that. And that also builds up a lot of resentment in you because you're not solving anything. The person is still like completely oblivious to the issue that you're having and you're just upset and you're stewing and you need to allow yourself the release and the relief of getting that off. I communicated that and I'm going to let that go now. Yeah. And, and on a positive note, I mean, I don't know about you, but like going through this now, the way I'm able to communicate with others, you know, with my fiance, with people at work and conflicts at work, like these tools are just so applicable for every relationship and it's changed my life. And at the beginning of the episode, you mentioned um, something about, you know, walking away from a conversation, feeling drained. And I used to feel that way all the time. Like I work at, um, within the automotive industry. So I'm around a lot of people constantly and I would come home at the end of the night and like, I didn't want to talk to anybody because I was just like exhausted and fully drained. And now that, you know, I know about boundaries and I know about getting clear on what I want, what I need to say, what I don't need to say. Um, it's improved my life like so much. I, I'm sure you probably feel similar. Yeah, it, it can be really a drain. It really can be a drain because you don't want people to have access to. I mean, imagine your house. If you had a house and everybody had a key to your house and they would just come and go as they please, like, you would be like, oh, my gosh, when do I ever get to enjoy my own house? Like, or when do I ever get to clean up? Or, you know, it's just they're coming yeah, at the house. Right, I'm in the shower and people are still coming in. Like, what is this? So you have to know what your keys are and you yeah. have to know when yeah. to lock your door and not give anybody the keys. So that means that, okay, I'm not having this conversation anymore or I'm having this conversation only up to this point. Or even in lighter conversations where it's like, okay, the reason I'm having this conversation with you, even though, you know, I really don't know you very well or whatever, is I really want to connect with you. I, wanna, I, want, I want you to think that life and the world is a warmer place than before you met me. So I'm going to connect with you in this moment. On the smallest of things, something I like, oh, I like your scarf. I love how you have like a little red or, and then you have a little, what, something that you, it's, it's genuine, it's sincere, and you get to pick it. That's the thing about life. We really do get to pick the life that we want. So it's like you got to get in the game and you got to make some decisions before you start having these conversations. And it just becomes, well, everybody is acting on me. Everybody is talking to me. You know, everybody is talking at me and I'm not choosing the conversations that I want to have. I'm not saying the things that I want to say. I'm not making the connections that I want. You do get to choose, and you do get to be an active participant in that. So get in the game. Yes. Yes. Oh, my, my only regret is having not met you sooner, okay? <laughs> you could have helped me so much in the early dark days of my separation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad to know you now. Absolutely. Um I've got another, I've got a couple other questions. Do you have time to just 
uh, I've got two of them here to go sure. through. I know most of, I think you'll, most of the, the answers are already be things that we've touched on here, but maybe we'll just put some of uh, what you've said into practice by answering them. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, this woman said, I don't know how to approach him in a discussion about taking on more of the driving between both of our homes. This is meeting with their kid. Um, I'm going to be having a baby soon and I won't be able to do it all. I would say for that, that's kind of similar um, to the question that you asked me earlier about the woman who um, she was going to be reported or something to that effect. The same thing you want to play on the children, right? That's the thing that the person has in common. Once you all separate, it may be that that person, you don't pull on their heartstrings anymore. I mean, no matter how much help you may need, they're just like, ah, I don't want to do anything for you. I don't really like you anymore. However, the children is something that you both have in common. So that's where you're going to have to put your focus. You're going to have your, your goal in this conversation is going to be agreement, right? You want this person to do something for you on your behalf, right? You need help. So you need him to pick up more of the driving. So you're going to say something to the effect of, listen, <clears throat> it's really important to me that the children are able to continue to have stability and they're not so disrupted. You know, I know I do have a new baby on the way, and I know that that does mean they will be experiencing some changes, but I would like you to work with me so we could minimize the disruption to their life. One way that I think that we could do that is for you to pick up on some of the driving. I'm not saying you got to do all of it, but it would be helpful for them if you could pick up on some more of the driving. And then also it would be a great way for you guys to get more time. I know it would be nicer for you to spend more time with them and those little, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes that you're driving them, that could be extra quality time where you guys are continuing to bond. So everybody wins. The children win, you win, and I get some help too. Is that something that you think we could do? And then always when you're doing agreement or your goal is agreement, you always want to ask a question to make sure that they confirm, okay? Because even if you discuss it, if they don't say, yes, I will, I'm going to, Okay, yeah, you know, then you're not really sure that that's something that's going to happen. And you want to make sure they know the next step, right? Because if the person didn't think to do this on their own, they probably don't know what the next step is going to be either. So you want to make sure you have the same expectation and they need to know what's going to happen next. And they have kind of an idea of when that thing is going to happen. So tell them the date that you need them to start you know, lay out everything so that they can agree and they have all the information and you don't have to come back and say, oh, well, I thought that was going to start in December and you're telling me in March you need me to start. Okay, well, then you have another problem. So get everything out in that conversation. The door is open, the window is open, put everything on the table. I love that. And I, I especially love how you framed everything about that around, you know, what's going to benefit the kids most. And I didn't even think about, um, you know, that that extra 15 minutes or whatever it is, you're right, that is more time uh, with the kids. So that that is great. So listener, I hope that helps you um, with your answer. And if you have more questions about that in the show notes, I'm going to give you all all of the links um, for you to connect and perhaps uh, even get some coaching um, from Akila as well. We've got one question left here. Okay. And I think, again, I know how you're going to answer this. 
but the person said, and, and I hear this a lot, a lot, how do you communicate with someone who doesn't respect you? And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this again goes back to, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to agree with the other person to have an effective conversation or a conflict-free conversation, right? Right. Absolutely. And then respect, I, I would, I would like to know some more info, but I'm going to go on what I have um, regarding somebody respecting you. It, you kind of got to figure out, well, what do you want out of that relationship? How far are you guys going? If it's something where there's a split and it's like, okay, well, you're totally disregarding everything that I'm saying. Um, you have to figure out what are going to be the boundaries of your communication. Okay. If this is somebody that doesn't respect me and I've talked to you about this before and you're still refusing to respect me. Okay. We're going to need some distance, right? Because just because you know, somebody doesn't mean you have to be up under them all the time. You can know people from a distance. Listen, you know, we have to talk or whatever, but we don't have to talk that often, you know, and then also don't try your best to not put yourself in a situation where, they have an opportunity to disrespect you. So um, if they're not like you, you don't want to do a lot of agreement with somebody who doesn't just don't like don't ask them to do a lot of things for you because they already said they don't respect you. So don't don't do that to yourself. Just make them aware. Listen, um, I want to let you know that when you're doing these things, it makes me feel like I'm not being respected. I don't know if that was your intention or not. But I didn't want you to not have the opportunity to change it if that wasn't your intention, right? We're going to kind of play dumb again. We're going to say, we don't know. I don't, I don't know. Are you disrespecting me on purpose? What's going on here? But I'm going to let you know that, hey, when you do this, I don't feel respected. Not sure if you meant to do that, but, you know, for the future. And that way you kind of can see, okay, does this person continue this pattern, right? Because it may be that, hey, I didn't know I was being disrespectful. I just thought, you know. You know, I thought you were just more easygoing and you're not. So you want to establish patterns of behavior and then use those behaviors to make a decision on, okay, are we going to put distance between us? Are we going to get closer together or are we going to stay where we are? So those are your options. And that's why communication is important because you can't make decisions based off assumptions. You can't make decisions based off guesses. You can, but they're not really good decisions because you don't have data. You don't have facts. So when you communicate, now that person is aware and you all both have the same level of information. And now you can start to watch their behavior and say, okay, I see a pattern here. I've talked to you about this. You're disregarding this. Um, I gave you an opportunity to understand this. You're still disregarding this. Now my boundary kicks in. Okay, well, I'm not going to keep having this conversation with you. I'm going to put some distance between us. Yeah, and I mean... Uh... I mean, social media has obviously lots of benefits, but I think one of the downfalls when it comes to like co-parenting and divorce is um, there's quite a bit out there and I'm really careful about what I share now that I've or, you know, blended families all hanging out together. And while I think that is absolutely amazing, incredible, wonderful for everyone involved, that's not the norm. So I think kind of like what you said um, acknowledging that like getting to a place of peace and, and being happy and content, that doesn't necessarily have to entail that y'all are talking every day and, no. and best friends, like sometimes just space and only be only communicating about what is bare minimum like that, that can be peace. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's truthfully, that's where me and my ex-husband are. We are not. Listen, if I wanted to talk to you every day, I would have stayed married to you. We did. It's not working. Okay. We need some space between us. So our happy place is when something happens exciting with the children, when there's some update, I let you know. When you have them and they do something fantastic, you let me know. Other than that, mm, we don't talk. Because he has in his mindset that, you know, I'm the bad guy, I'm yeah. terrible, I'm public enemy number one, and that's fine. I'll be all of that. That's fine. But I'm not going to keep talking to you. Like, I'm not, you know, and you have to be, you have to get to a, a place where you're strong enough to be different. And what that means is, listen, my happy place after my split may not look like your happy place. And that's totally fine. But if I have peace, my partner has some peace, the children have peace, everybody's good. It, it's not going to look like social media. I, I mean, I don't understand personally. This is just my personal thing. I don't want a vacation with you. Are you kidding me? Vacation is for fun time. And I'm bringing somebody. I don't even like you that much anymore. So I definitely don't out the country, out the state. No, no. But that's me. And that's how we do things over here. And we're peaceful and we're happy. So, you know, if you're more evolved or if you guys have the type of situation where that works for you, then congratulations. You are some of the most mature people that I have ever seen. And that's great. Over here, we're not doing it. (laughs) Strong enough to be different. I'm holding on to that. That is really wise and beautiful. And I just thank you so much for sharing your wealth of wisdom and knowledge about communication. I've taken away several things that I know I'm going to use myself and I know all of this will be really beneficial to our listeners like I've said a couple of times I'm going to be sure to include all links to you in the show notes but just for someone who's listening quickly um, and and wants to connect with you what's the best way for them to do that if they want to learn more and get some coaching from you and uh, and link up and get a hold of some of your services Sure. The best way to reach me just to kind of follow along with what I do is on Instagram. I am at Akila Sai. That's A-K-I-L-A-H-S-A-I. The best way to see what I offer as far as doing one-on-one video sessions or uh, getting the ebook that you mentioned or um, getting a course. I have a course on emotion and communication is on my website and that's just www.akilasai.com www.akilasai.com And I'm always available. I love answering questions. Um, That is actually my favorite thing to do. Um, I'm actually kind of (laughs) quiet. However, whenever I'm prompted or whenever I'm given a question, I answer. And I'm not stingy with my answers. So please, please reach out to me. Um, There's a Contact Us page on there, too. So if you have a question, you can go ahead and fill out that form. And I'll get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. And the content that um, that you that you put out via email subscription is so good. It's so great, and you've got funny gifts in there. <laughs> like I was so engaged, uh, more so than I've ever been with any other kind of email subscription. So Yay! to all of our listeners, you need the ebook, and you definitely need to subscribe and follow her on Instagram at a bare minimum. Okay, this will like level up your life, even those small three things. So. Look at look for that in the show notes and thank you again so much, Akila. I really appreciate having you on and I'm sure we will have you back. Thank you, Ashley, for this opportunity. It was absolutely wonderful. I appreciate your questions. I appreciate your spirit. Uh, 